Reminiscing is fine, but how about we bring the next generation along for the ride down memory lane in a modern way? Here's your show. Episode 256, The Choosatron Adventure. This is the Ericast for the week of February 15, 2015. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right, thanks for listening to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, still the listener feedback line after all these years. The Ericast is what we describe here in the majestic we as a personal podcast, meaning that you either know me, Eric Larson, and you're kind of curious about what's going on in my world, or you're here for a particular topic, maybe the choose tron in this case, and hopefully you'll stick around and kind of check out the rest of the, the Ericast world, which is entering its next pseudo-decade. Because if you're like I am, and you think in terms of the 8-bit world, you then think in terms of hexadecimal, where your numbers are 0 through F instead of 0 through 9. And 8 bits, when you max them out, is 255 decimal. 256, aha, takes some extra work to represent that. So... Here we are, episode 256. And what got me thinking about this, I mean, what got me thinking about that is the fact that we arrived at, at that numerically. The, the numbers kind of come in order. But what, what got me thinking on this topic is a device in our household now called the Choosatron. Hmm. So what is the Choosatron? Well, I had heard about the Choosatron at a, um, at minibar. But it wasn't officially there. So Minibar is one of these bar camp things. It's a whole long story. You can go back in the Aircast archive and, and learn about what 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 a, a a bar camp is that comes from from Fubar and all sorts of geek stuff. It's kind of an unconference, except around here the the, the minibar isn't really an unconference, it's pretty much like a conference, which is great. But they did have a session where people could just kind of sign up on a whiteboard and you know talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. And I saw a reference to this thing called a choosatron. Hmm. I did a little bit of googling. It seemed kind of interesting, but but not you know eh, whatever. So I didn't go. But then I went to mini demo. Mini demo is where people have. Seven minutes, no PowerPoint. You actually have to demonstrate something real. And it's usually applications and things. It's, you know, uh, the mobile app set, you know, whatever. But here comes this guy, and they're trying to get the document camera to work. Well, that's sort of strange. What, what's the deal with a, a document camera? Well, sitting under the document camera was this box. And that box was the Choosatron. When I was young, I loved choose-your-own-adventure stories, and I loved going to the arcade with friends. So I took my favorite element of each of those, uh, the power of like engaging element of choice from the choose-your-own-adventures, and the social uh, fun and collaboration that arcades bring, and I created this. And this is... The Choosatron. The Choosatron is a build-your-own arcade machine that plays choose-your-own-adventure-inspired interactive fiction. 
It's a small box that prints big adventures. So that was the voice of Jerry Bellich. Probably different ways of pronouncing his name, but we're going to go with Jerry Bellich or Jerry Bellick. I don't know. Let's spell Bellich. Who demonstrated his Choosatron. Now, the challenge in describing this in the podcast is it's sort of like how I felt about podcasting 10 years ago. We talked about this earlier. And uh, interestingly, like we, we talk about like rolling over into like a new decade of hexadecimal while the new actual decimal like calendar decade of the aircast is coming up. Um, next month, big party. No, not quite. Anyway, so 10 years ago when I first heard about podcasting, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then something clicked and I had that, that Chuck Chat experience with the download and all the pieces fell into place. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And, oh, this is so cool. That is exactly how I felt about seeing the Choosatron. So I skipped the demo. I've got a link in the show notes for um, what was being demoed at the initial uh, mini bar event. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it was, it was on the, um, the program for the mini demo later that year. So it gets us like August of 2013. Like, okay, yeah, I've heard about this, whatever. And even when Jerry was talking about it, like, okay, uh, fine. And then once they got everything, you know, hooked up and working, it took a little bit, a little bit of work. If you watch the video on YouTube, you'll see it was a challenge to get the document camera working, but they turned it on and he pushed the button and something clicked in me because there was just something magical about that. And I wasn't even doing it myself. I didn't hit the I'm just watching the video. I'm just watching the video of somebody dealing with the device. So I didn't hit the button. I wasn't touching the paper. But just seeing and hearing that printout of that paper, just immediately I'm like, wow, I need one of those. So the Choosatron became my first Kickstarter project because I thought this would be great for the girls. I mean, Kendall is fine with reading, but Chloe, you know, could, you know, could use any help or support she could get. Cause she's at that age. You know, that kind of makes sense. Um, she was still, um, she was still six. Um, notice this is all past tense and the timing's a little interesting. That's what, that's what makes for an interesting, interesting podcast topic here. Uh, so it was a Kickstarter project. And again, I can't, I don't know how to describe it. It's a box and it has a thermal printer. So it's printing on cash register tape and it's printing out chunks of choose your own adventures. You know, so it prints out like a paragraph of you walk up to the creaky old mansion and, or, you know, you hear a strange noise inside, you know, press one, two, to open the door and go inside and press two to run away. And you pick a number and then it prints the next part of the story. It's just printing it, you know, spooling it out on cash register tape. And there are only four buttons on it, just one, two, three, four, because that's really all you need. You're making four, you know, one of four choices. Um, anyway, I thought, I've got to have one of these. So it was going live as a Kickstarter project. Like, okay, this will be my first ever Kickstarter. I'm going to give my money and it will arrive. They're predicting early in the in the, the following year, so it might not make Christmas, but it might make like my birthday. Okay, that'll work fine. 
hey, girls, daddy got a birthday present and you can play with it. This will be fun because I'm turning 40 and here's my, you know, this fancy old-timey present. Wow. Okay. You can probably tell where this is going. And I was a little puzzled because, you know, you, there was a demo. <laughs> like, there it is. It's a box with buttons and it prints. So, okay. So there, there are going to be some manufacturing things to hash out. But um, how hard could it be? Well, it was very, very hard. <laughs> so um, the original one was based off of a device I can't pronounce, which is approximately called an Arduino. Okay. It took me years to practice meteorologist. I can do meteorologists, the people that do the weather maps. I cannot do the little Egyptian uh, pictographs, like the picture words that are on the walls that start with an H and contain the word glyphics. I cannot pronounce that word. The Arduino kind of falls in there, it's, but I believe that's how you pronounce it. Along the way, they switched to the they and Jerry switched to the Spark, the Spark Core. I don't know anything about this, but it, I, I had a chance to play with it. More on that in a moment. So anyway, they had to you know do all that stuff or whatever. So long story short, watching this for month after month after month after month after month, I'm thinking, well, okay, so we missed we missed the early 2014, but if we do like you know, mid 2014, oh, okay, no, not mid 2014. If we can do fall of 2014, I can get it for the girls' birthday. Nope, not gonna do fall 2014. Okay, Christmas, gotta be able to hit Christmas 2014. Man, it's more than a year after this, but. Yeah, Christmas is not gonna work. Okay, um, how about my birthday in 2014? 15, and it's like over a year past when we kind of thought we'd get them, but yeah, nope, that's not going to work either. <sighs> so, in late January, this sort of crinkled, water-stained slip shows up at our door for some sort of package that could not be delivered by our, our letter carrier. That's odd. And there, there was a tracking code on it, but I tried all sorts of permutations of what the, the handwritten code might have been, and nothing worked. So I went up to our main post office, brought that in and said, can you guys figure out what this is? Because it says that something's trying to be delivered to us, but I have no idea what is supposed to be delivered to us. They couldn't make it out either. They, could, they tried all the different codes. They tried their various magic. There's a barcode on it, but they said, yeah, that won't work until it's actually been delivered. Like, what kind of system is that? But okay, fine. The guy said, well, that code indicates it's a foreign package. Are you expecting anything from overseas? Hmm. Now that I know of, maybe, you know, Ruth ordered a cell phone case cheap off of eBay or something? I don't know. Then I realized, wait a minute. And I tweeted Jerry and I said, hey, are the Chusatrons being drop shipped from China? And he said, yep. I realized, I bet, this mystery package, which is in my suburb someplace, but I can't get to it, is the Chusatron. And it turns out that it was, in a fairly large package. But, you know, they got delivered. It's all fine. Post office came through. So, then you have your parts. Because remember, it's a kit. This is not exactly the walk into Toys R Us and buy the pretty box thing. It's a kit. Now, it's not a particularly complicated kit. You just plug all the parts in and stuff. However, 
It was a hardware kit. Software wasn't quite done yet. Now, props to Jerry for delivering the kit before the software was done. Don't wait on the, the hardware while you're working on the software. Get the hardware into people's hands. That's fine. But okay, so what do we do with this? Well, the instructions say, hang on tight. We've got the software coming. Okay. So, put little pieces together and stuff. I'm intrigued. I'm not quite a Spark convert, but I'm intrigued by this whole Spark core thing. Because basically, it's this little thing. It's the size of a chip. I mean, when I was reading Choose Your Own Adventures, a 3K memory expander for the VIC-20, which cost $40 in like $1983. So $84 maybe? $83. So do the math. That was expensive. Um, really expensive. It was the size of a paperback book for 3K. This is an entire processor and Wi-Fi module, and I don't know what speed it's running at or how much RAM it's got in it. It's got a lot. Um, in the size of like one chip. Like one little bigger than a postage stamp little board with the blinking LEDs and the USB connector and all that stuff. So the theory is that once you get it configured on your Wi-Fi network, you can do an over-the-air update and download the software. The reality is that didn't quite work. So got it all plugged into the computer and stuff. Got to dabble with terminal commands on the Macintosh and, and, and brought back memories. And... Yes, indeed, the thing actually worked. And that was cool. What was even more cool is to bring Candela and Chloe up to it and have them go through the, you know, super easy. I mean, it's a four-button interface. Reading the story, which one do you want to pick? No, no, I think we should do that one instead. Let's do it this way. How about this way? Let's try that. And then they print out and they get to the end. Um, I, I didn't even suggest this, but Jerry had mentioned someone else doing this exact same thing. Candela gathered up the printouts and turned them into little scrolls and is talking about like carrying the stories around because then you have a record of the story that printed, you know, the story that you chose. It's sort of this, it, you know, it's not like leaving bookmarks in your Choose Your Own Adventure book. You actually like get a printed record of the story that you picked. That was really cool. Because it did exactly what I hoped it would do. They already love reading, so that's fine. But they enjoy the reading part of it. And Candela's comment, I forget her exact words, I threw it out on Twitter, uh, but it was basically the, like, this is so cool because it's, it's like it's old-fashioned, but it's not. And it's just, she just thought it was really cool. So... I thought, what better way to celebrate the fact that we're rolling over into a a new hexadecimal cluster, (laughs) and and thinking back to my hexadecimal days, than to kind of go through this this odd synergy. Uh, And I'll be honest, this is an episode that almost didn't happen. I just, I'm, I'm, because on the surface, it's like, okay, Eric is a little bit disjointed and rambling more than usual. And that's true, I'll give you that. But there's just something that I wanted to to capture the feeling of, of watching your own kids 
work through a modern version of the exact thing that you were doing when you were their age. I mean, I have my Choose Your Own Adventure books up in my den. Um, same, same magic of going through the story. And on this old-timey type technology, because here it is with just the big, you know, four big buttons and it prints out the, the cash register tape. And yet also knowing that it's a modern version of the technology with, you know, I don't know how many equivalent of like Commodore 64 is crammed into one tiny little chip using Wi-Fi, which didn't even... You know, it wasn't even a glimmer of a thought of a concept, you know, 30 years ago. Um, if you want to see the video of it, go to this thing called YouTube on this thing called the Internet. I mean, the world is so different in that way, and yet so not different in other ways. Just really interesting. So that was my Choosatron experience. It took long enough to actually get it, uh, but it was worth it. I, I, my Kickstarter, I, there is, there is some times in there it's like, I am not so sure on this whole Kickstarter thing. I think my hundred and some dollars might be gone. Jerry is a nice guy, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get my stuff. Um, I kind of wondered that, but worth it in the end came exactly as promised does what it's supposed to do. The kids love it just like I hoped they would. Uh, I love it. It's really cool. Yeah. I might try another Kickstarter again sometime. I don't know. So, um, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, if you've got a similar type story, because I know I'm not the only one that experiences these sort of quirky flashback Deja vu separated by decades sort of, uh, sort of feelings. Um, I'd love to hear your story or if you know anything about the Choosatron. Um, or if you want, want more information on it, I'd be more than happy to fill you in. You kind of know how this uh, Aircast thing works. It's uh, sort of a collaborative deal. We all work together to build a better podcast. So, uh, give me a call. 206-339-3742. Listener feedback line. Very conveniently spelling out 206-339-ERIC. Leave a message so I know what you think. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.